It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome into Locked On Bills, a special crossover edition with Locked On Bears as well. I'm Kevin Misery here with Lauren Cox to kind of talk about the heavy-hitting issues around this crazy Thursday preseason game between the Bills and the Bears. Lauren, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm looking forward to the preseason being over. The Bears have had that extra week with the Hall of Fame game, so you know, by this point, I've had enough. Uh, I'm getting getting up to enough of talking about the the fourth string tight ends and the <laughs> you know the sixth and seventh cornerbacks on the roster. But happy to do it one more time here, breaking down this Bears Bills preseason game because it should be it should be at least an, an interesting one, even if we don't see a lot of starters. It, it definitely is. At least in Buffalo, um, they the Bills really use these games as tune ups, and they they try to play who they perceive is going to be their starters. I would imagine seeing the Bills starters at least a series in this game. Um, so I guess. We'll kind, of, we'll kind of do this show, Laura, and we're going to talk about the Bills offense, maybe versus the Bears defense, and then flip it back uh, for the segment two. And then, you know, segment three, we're going to get into maybe transactions, any trades, cuts, surprising news in general out of uh, Chicago, and maybe the same in Buffalo. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how we'll, we'll kick this thing off. So, you know, right at the top, one of the biggest topics we have in Buffalo is obviously the quarterback battle in Josh Allen uh, versus A.J. McCarron versus Nathan Peterman is is something that everyone you know tunes in to hear at anyone's opinion on. I'd like to start there with you. You know, from an outsider's perspective, as you know, the Bears get ready to play this thing against the Bills. Who's, in your opinion, who who should the Bills play? I mean, what, what what's your ideal model for a, a, a real three-way quarterback race? Well, as far as what what the Bears, what you think the Bears would want to face, or what I think they should do from a quarterback standpoint, I guess a little bit of both would be helpful. Yeah, so, I mean, that A.J. McCarron shoulder injury a couple weeks ago obviously kind of puts you off a little bit. And as far as I understand, he's back and, and, and rolling, or is it still a, a work in progress there? He's back. He rehabbed miraculously. It turned in from like a, a Aaron Rodgers hairline fracture, four to eight, ten weeks, to ten days. So um, he rehabbed quickly and is expected to play Thursday. So, I mean, I'm, I'm in this camp of not a big fan of Josh Allen coming out of the draft, you know, you see the potential there. I'm sure you've talked about it plenty on your podcast, so I don't, I don't have to go into too much detail, but, you know, big arm and, and inconsistency sometimes with mechanics and, and accuracy. And that seems like the kind of quarterback that you don't want to rush out onto the field. And the Bills seem like a team that pretty obviously not ready to push for that return to the playoffs after last year. You got a team here with some, some real question marks offensively. I know the defense is, is young and improving as well, but you know, this is especially in that AFC East division where, you know, the jets could be on the way up and I guess the dolphins are a little bit of a mess, but you're always falling behind the Patriots there. So long way around back to this quarterback position. I'm, I'm not particularly confident in AJ McCarron from what we've seen in previous years. And obviously Peterman, after his 
most uh, horrific debut last year, it leaves a sour taste in people's mouths. But I, I find myself coming back to Peterman that, you know, he, he is accurate and can, you know, run an offense and, and take care of the football. And I know that was maybe some of the complaints with Tyrod Taylor that he wasn't being able to consistently do enough to lift this offense up. And I, I don't know if Nathan Peterman can necessarily lift this offense up higher than Tyrod could, but with, with him gone and you're just trying to get consistent play under center, it feels to me like Peterman is the one with, you know, not only some, some untapped potential with a ceiling that hasn't been reached, but also a little bit more of a floor of some level of accuracy and, and decision-making and ability to read coverage, even though we didn't necessarily see that during his debut last year. Yeah, and he debuted against a really good Chargers team. I really, I should say, at least they, they played really well that day. Um, they, they were on the rise. They kind of took a personal that they made the quarterback switch against them, which was interesting. The Bills were just kind of doing it because of timing. Uh, but the Chargers actually played with a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, no rookie quarterback's in a fifth-round pick is going to come in and do anything to us. And then they showed it. They backed it up and uh, really had a really poor, poor, poor day. He's been really good in, in, in preseason, Lauren. He's, it's not what Bills fans want to hear. He's been re- really, really accurate. Um, he's been getting the ball out of his hands quickly and, and shown the ability to at least be like a 1B on a football team. So that's what I would expect to see for the Bears would, would be an early Nathan Peterman. Um, and, and one topic I wanted to bring up is the Bears D-line. So how, how's the Bears D-line been? And kind of talk to me about that as the Bills are still trying to figure out their front five uh, you know, offensive linemen. So are we going to see, you know, blitzes, blitzes, like talk to me about your front seven a little bit and, you know, what, what's expected here, at least Thursday. So the Bears have a significant weakness and, and question mark at the outside linebacker position in particular. They don't have proven pass rushers. And, and I, should, I should preface this all that, you know, as much as the Bills might play some starters, the Bears uh, last week benched their starters and, wow, and basically yeah. canceled them for the whole preseason. So you might see a couple individuals that maybe are quote-unquote starters in, in more of a rotational role, but no one that's expected to be a, a significant contributor will play in this game. So you're going to see all backups. And the Bears have a trio of outside linebackers right now kind of competing to you know, give the team some confidence in their depth. Uh, you know, Isaiah Irving is a former undrafted free agent last year out of San Jose State who flashed a little bit during his rookie year and looks to kind of be the front runner in the group. They got a six-round pick this year, Kylie Fitz out of Utah, who had a lot of injury issues in college and is kind of this raw, high upside pass rusher on the edge there who hasn't had the strongest preseason that you'd like to see. And then they brought in a guy off the street just like a month ago, Kasim Edibali. He was a, an edge rusher for the Saints and the Broncos. He had five sacks back in 2015 as an undrafted free agent, but it's kind of bounced around since and hasn't really been able to find a home. Those three guys have had varying levels of success getting after the quarterback on the edges and trying, again, to give the Bears some confidence in, in some semblance of a pass rush depth. As far as the defensive line goes, you know, you'll probably see Jonathan Bullard, a defensive end, who is probably the only quote-unquote starter that you'll see in this game. He and, and Roy Roberts and Harris are both kind of rotational guys there. They've been getting some decent pass rush, but nothing too consistent overall. And you know, from a run defense standpoint, the Bears have been good, not great, not totally shutting down running backs, but not not giving up a, a lot of big gains downfield. So, you know, they've been very hit and miss going up against offensive lines. You know, some poor offensive lines with, you know, the backups for the Ravens and the Bengals and, and even the Chiefs last year. The Bears were able to get a little bit more going in those games. But, okay. you know, overall, 
it's not a group that's going to dominate in the trenches. Now, when your starters are playing, is, 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 would it be the same, you would say, you know, for you guys long-term? You know, I mean, when, when you're, you know, putting in your Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks, do, do you expect that to change? Like, what, where's your front seven in general? You know, say you were playing these guys Thursday. It depends on health because okay. right now Leonard Floyd has uh, a couple broken bones or broken fingers in his hand. He's wearing a club, but he's going to be able to play week one and all that stuff. Oh, wow. So it remains to be seen how effective he's going to be. They signed Aaron Lynch this offseason from the 49ers, who has yet to participate at all in the preseason or training camp at practice because of injuries for him. But really strong at the inside linebacker spot with Danny Trevathan and Nick Kwiatkowski. And then Roquan Smith is, has yet to play this preseason also following his holdout. So a little bit of an unknown there. But defensive lineman Akeem Hicks at the end spot is clearly, I think, the strong man up front. Eight sacks last year, just a, an all-around great pass rusher and run defender. He can do a lot of the damage, and I think they're going to be relying on an interior pass rush to to get after the quarterback this year because of some of the unknowns on the edge. But overall, it's it's a front seven that they're they're fairly confident in again, except okay. for that outside linebacker position. And, and how is that going to translate here facing the Bills? I know former Chicago Bears offensive tackle Jordan Mills is over there on that right side, uh, and Deion Dawkins, I believe, is is he at left tackle? How how have the edges been? For, for the Bills as far as keeping a pocket for their quarterbacks? The, the edges actually in this team have been pretty decent. It's been not a major concern for this team at this point. Uh, you know, Dawkins had a good PFF year, you know, ended up ranking right around the 20th ranked loft tackle or, or overall tackle, I should say. A guy that the team really, really liked and they were able to get trade Cordy Glenn. A lot of people say, well, Bills traded their left tackle away to the Bengals. Well, it's not necessarily true. Uh, Dawkins had beat him out, believe it or not. After, he was on a hefty contract. And they said, you know what? We have a second-round pick here that's played really well, just as good as Cordy Glenn on a much cheaper salary. We're going to go ahead and move him and move up to, you know, get in position to take a Josh Allen later on in the draft. So Deion Dawkins has been a great player for this team. Staple offensive lineman that you'll probably hear more about as the season goes on um, as probably the Bills' best offensive lineman. Jordan Mills is a guy that just keeps winning jobs, man. He keeps winning right tackle jobs. Different regimes come in and, and different coaching staffs. He continues to be the right tackle. He struggles at times, but what's funny about Mills, you'll see his poor plays all the time, all over Twitter, all over different, you know, whatever you're watching. And then you'll see games when he's, he's absolutely good. He's a good right tackle. You know, he'll, he'll grade out well in PFF. He'll do everything he needs to, but he'll have those lapses that you'll see. And then everyone, you know, has that skewed perception that he's an awful lineman. He's an average right tackle and, and someone that you know, fortunately for the Bills, don't need to replace at this point on the salary he's playing on. And he's played pretty well in preseason. Um, he's, he's had limited issues where the Bills really struggle. And, you know, say if Akeem Hicks was playing, and which he will be uh, when the Bills do play the Bears later on the season, um, he's, he's going to be able to feast against the, the interior of John Miller and Vlad Dukas. Uh, it's been a big struggle. The Bills decided to not address guard except for waiting on Wyatt Teller, a guy that will probably be the starting guard by the time the Bills play the Bears. Uh, he's been really good in preseason as a fifth-round pick. But John Miller and Vlad Dukas have been poor, uh, and they're going to have some troubles there all year as the Bengals abused him. Um, Bengals really strong front four abused him, and it was it was a major issue. Uh, Ryan Groy and Russell Bodine uh, at center, it's okay. Um, they, they both show flashes of being competent NFL centers, but uh, we're still transitioning away from uh, a freak injury to Eric Wood. Um and that's, that's kind of taken a hit to the team a lot more than, say, Cordy Glenn has. So tackles are good. I would expect them to play. Um, 
Jordan Mills for sure. Uh, I expect this entire offensive line, everyone on the offensive line to play about Dawkins. They'll play the entire team. Um, though they will not sit another player. They, they need to get the thing right. So I would be surprised to see the first unit play more than a couple series, but I, I don't know, man. You might see our entire first first team offensive line in there against your backup. So um, especially if they, they notice that they can look better against a, a team's backups, they're going to definitely make, you know, kind of pump them up a little bit. So do you guys now for the Bears, do they run a true 3-4 or is it, you know, some mix and max, uh, match scheme things or what, what's general philosophy on defense there? Yeah, they're, they're pretty much a true three, four, but maybe a couple snaps a game, you'll kind of randomly see them switch to like more of a true four, three look. And it's, it's just something they sprinkle in every once in a while, but it's definitely not a, a significant part of their scheme. And then even in the nickel, sometimes you'll see a handful of these like three, three, five nickels instead of your typical kind of four, two, five with, you know, the the four linebackers really and two defensive linemen, they'll they'll stick out there with the three, three, five, just in kind of random situations, maybe trying to get just different looks for, you know, get more defensive linemen on the field and and see those battles play out a little bit and, you know, just throw some different things at the Bills offense. As far as, you know, flipping that right back to you, I I know it's a, it's going to be a a pretty run heavy team when you have some, some quarterbacks like this, but, you know, from a passing standpoint, is it a lot of, is it a lot of quick game and and underneath stuff? I mean, or does it, does it vary a lot by quarterback because Josh Allen can sling it a little bit more and Peterman may be less aggressive downfield. How have you seen that vanilla style kind of play out this preseason? Yeah, it's interesting. And it's going to get interesting into your D backs here as that's kind of how I guess we'll wrap up the, uh, the the bears defense, but the Bills will throw it. Uh, it's, it's been really interesting on, on, on to watch this preseason. Brian Dable coming in from uh, championship winning Alabama as well as a bunch of rings with New England. Had a couple of poor seasons with a couple of teams around the league as his, as, as his first stint as offensive coordinator, but co- has came in very aggressive, a lot more aggressive than the Bills have seen in many, many years, especially coming from a very, very, very conservative quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, very run-heavy team. You haven't seen much of LaShawn McCoy. You won't see him on Thursday. You will see a lot of their third down pass back. Marcus Murphy, a guy that came from New Orleans um, that they really, really like. I think he's third or fourth in the league in preseason rushing. Um, you'll see a lot of him, um, and you'll see a lot of him out of the backfield. He probably will even start. Maybe you'll see a little Chris Ivory. Um, but you're going you're gonna to see the Bills' strength at running back here. Um, and they've been good all offseason. They've been designated as definitely their best unit. But, you know, that's not even, you know, when McCoy's not playing – Chris Ivory's been actually pretty good. Marcus Murphy's been good. They love Javaris Cadet out of their backfield. They're going to probably keep four of these guys. Um, also, they throw the ball. It's been crazy to see. Nathan Peterman's going to go out there, and they're going to throw the ball more than you think. So it's going to put a challenge on uh, maybe some of your backup defensive backs trying to make the team um, because they're going to run a lot of underneath stuff, very high completion stuff. Nathan Peterman's completing about 80% of his passes in preseason. So you're going to see some stuff that's going to try to make his receivers look better. Um, hopefully not leading to a bad day for some of your D-backs that could potentially not make the team because they're, they're going to throw at them. So that's what's going to be interesting on this game. They're not going to just go and run up, the, run up the middle with Chris Ivory for the first half. You're going to want to see them make a couple of, of receivers make this team. So there's a couple of good backup receivers the Bills are really pushing this year. Obviously, they trade for Corey Coleman, guy they're trying to get going. They really like Rod Streeter. Uh, Zay Jones, the guy, you know, second round pick of last year, second or third receiver on this team. Jeremy Curley's been good in camp. It's been a bright spot for a much muddling offense, the receiver group that many thought was going to be one of the worst in the league. Uh, maybe you'll get to see it on Thursday that they're a little bit stronger than they're than they're giving cre- they're giving credit for. Kellen Benjamin looks back in full strength. 
I would anticipate him sitting um, just because he's a solid number one receiver, but you're going to see a good amount of Brandon Riley, another backup a receiver that could be on the waiver wire and claimed by another team, as well as their six-round pick, Ray Ray McLeod. So there are some good names that they're really trying to get going. And how's the D-backs been there in, you know, kind of kind of wrap this segment up, you know, talk to me who's expected to play, have they been good, poor, you know, what's, what's been going on there? I know there's some draft picks, you know, a lot of fourth round, fifth round picks uh, Bears have spent between 15 and 17. So um, how's that been working out? Yeah, the, the Bears uh, secondary has been maybe a little bit different than I might have expected that, you know, we're not going to see probably their top five cornerbacks maybe maybe even six because their numbers their their number six cornerback is more of a special teams guy so you're gonna see you know they have four undrafted rookie free agents at corner and one at safety and you'll probably even only see a few of them but as far as as far as the safety position goes you know uh, one of their fourth round picks Deion Bush is kind of their top backup and that was from these are all draft picks from 2016 he's kind of their top backup safety and then another fourth round pick from that same year DeAndre Hall out of northern Iowa He's a, an interesting case because he's probably going to make the 53-man roster, but a little bit more of a raw, you know, longer athletic safety slash cornerback that they've moved around. He's suspended for week one right now, and he really struggled in the last couple preseason games on that back end. And ideally, I think they wouldn't want to keep him, but their other sixth-round pick from that 2016 draft, another safety, took three defensive backs in that draft, DeAndre Houston Carson, he and another DeAndre too, so there's Deion DeAndre and, and DeAndre and DeAndre Houston Carson broke his forearm a couple of weeks ago and he's going to miss some time. So you're going to see a lot of Deion Bush and DeAndre Hall and Bush has been pretty solid. Hall has had some struggles there, uh, you know, from that deep safety spot. And then at cornerback, you're going to see a lot of Deron Grant, who was uh, a fourth round pick, I believe, by the Steelers uh, three or four years ago and, and bounced around the league. He's played well. He's right on this fringe of you know, making the team, not making the team, probably won't, but he's a guy I could see another team picking up for cornerback depth just because he continues to play well. And then undrafted rookie free agent Kevin Tolliver out of LSU and, and another UDFA, Michael Joseph out of Dubuque. They've been kind of the other top young cornerbacks here. Not sure either one has a spot on the Bears' final roster, but, you know, Tolliver, the longer physical cornerback with, with some of that, you know, uh, desired tools there. Joseph, the undersized guy who, who fights for the ball well and, you know, great motor and, and all that good stuff. Both are kind of caricatures and, and prototypes for their types of cornerbacks. You know, all have shown flashes. None have been overly consistent enough to really demand a spot on the 53-man roster. They'll be vulnerable. They'll give up some plays. Nothing crazy down the field, you know, big lapses, but they'll allow the catch. They'll allow some yards after the catch, and, and they'll let the Bills move the ball fairly well okay how about how about um last chance you uh star john franklin is he a guy you guys anticipate doing anything or i guess on that note kind of tell us is there a camp darling we should watch for um that has a chance or, or, or is it doran grant yeah um so john franklin has done close to nothing uh, he's <laughs> okay. given up some really big catches in a couple games and looks totally unprepared for the cornerback position which you might expect from a guy who hadn't played it before until May. And so, yeah, he's fast, but not, not quite ready for uh, no role on a defense. Team, huh? But, uh, yeah, as far as standouts, Kasim Adabali, the outside linebacker, has been a big one. Uh, throw Deron Grant right up at the top of that list as well. Okay. Um, 
that those those are kind of the main guys. You know, there have been a player here there that'll have one big game, but mm-hmm. out of five, you know, it's not a ton you can rave about. But here and there, there'll be you know flashes of of one in particular. But Edibali and and Duran Grant are, are the two for me. Yeah, because you see a lot of your backups and and fringe guys. So I figured maybe there would be one one guy, but those are two guys that we'll we'll look out for and kind of see how they kind of progress as the game goes on. Did want to take a quick ta- quick mention to, you know, Locked On Network is expanding to the college shows, launching soon for Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and the SEC, Florida State, Oklahoma, Baylor uh, from the Big 12, and Ohio State, Penn State in the Big 10, uh, and Oregon from the Pac-12. Some of the shows have already released. Go out there and check out some of the best college shows out there from Locked On Network is bringing you those great college shows. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wanted to get into the Bears' offense a little bit. Uh, kind of talk to me from the top about that. It, I mean, have you seen a lot of Allen Robinson? I mean, I, I, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, he's not playing too much. He took a couple of snaps, I noticed. Chase Daniel, has he been a good backup quarterback? Kind of, kind of give me the, the heavy-hitting top, top storylines and what, if at all, you're looking for Thursday. Yeah, so the Bears have been very hidden and reserved with a lot of their top offense. You know, last week, the head coach caught some – you know, every, it seemed like every Bears fan and media member either hated the decision for them to not play their starters last week or absolutely loved the decision for them to not play their starters. When you have an inexperienced quarterback, you have a number one wide receiver coming off of a torn ACL, you have a tight end in Trey Burton that is still, you know, hasn't played a premier role like this in an offense before. You have Kevin White looking for more playing time, although I guess he played last week against the Chiefs. But the Bears have a lot of moving parts and new faces on offense, and we're not going to see any of them in this game against the Bills. It's, you know, it's going to be Chase Daniel and Kevin Wade will probably play as your number one wide receiver. And then Javon Wims, their seventh round pick out of Georgia. He's had a couple really big games this preseason. I think he had like 87 yards in the Hall of Fame game and then was the leading receiver in the NFL last week against the Chiefs with three catches for like 120 yards and a touchdown and really difficult for the Chiefs to cover as a whole. You know, early preseason, Chase Daniel struggled, and the Bears fans were getting concerned about what's going to happen with this backup quarterback position. But they come in last week against the Chiefs, playing against the Chiefs starters. They put up 24 points in the first half with, with Daniel running the whole show. They, they didn't have a lot of trouble moving the ball. Daniel threw three incomplete passes out of, I think, I think he was 15 of 18. One of them was a drop. One of them was intentionally thrown away, and then one was just a, an off-target pass. So really, one inaccurate throw out of 18 from Chase Daniel last week. The offense was clicking. They game-planned. They had time to throw on the offensive line, and they had receivers getting open and guys making plays downfield. So the, the main weakness has been the running game, that they have somewhat abandoned it in all of their preseason games because they're really struggling to average more than four yards a carry from any individual runner. Chase Daniel was their leading rusher last week. I mean, they, they have not gotten great run blocking up front, and the running backs have been met in the backfield pretty consistently, so not a lot of strength going on there. And I think the offensive line is a little bit of a, more of a concern than it, than it had looked last week. It was a, a nice improvement, but those two, I think, are probably the big weaknesses, and the depth is definitely at wide receiver and tight end. Okay. Is there 
I mean, obviously we're not going to see Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, probably not Anthony Miller either. Is there a camp darling out of receiver group that, you know, I don't know if the bears are going to keep five or six or what their plan is there. You know, is there any, anyone that you would anticipate maybe playing with the te- first team and, and showing out against probably a lot of, well, the, bear, uh, the bills defensively will probably be more along the, Bears at this point. So their offense is going to play most of their players except LaShawn McCoy um, and probably Deion Dawkins and Kelvin Benjamin, but they'll play everyone else. The Bills defense, on the other hand, I would anticipate much similar to the Bears seeing mm, next to nobody on that Bills defense. It's their pride and, you know, it's their bread and butter. It's their pride and joy. Their D-backs probably won't see many of them either. So is there a guy that you'd anticipate really making a push against maybe Bills second team defensive backs? to, to kind of solidify one of those final roster spots or an offensive lineman. Um, no one's really talking about like, what's, what are you guys been pumping over there at lockdown bears? Yeah. So I was hoping to be able to see maybe Tredavious white just cause he's so good. But I, and I, I kind of know you're not going to see Tredavious white and you're probably not going to see Vontae Davis just cause he's, you know, has, has, has enough preseason years under his belt. Yep. But it, it would have been nice to see how they go up against Javon Wims, the seventh round pick I mentioned there, because he's, a big body, you know, the 6'4", 220-pound wide receiver. But the knock coming out of him – or the knock on him coming out of college was, you know, is he going to be fast enough to separate against NFL defenders? Is he a good enough route runner? You know, all those kind of, you know, things that a big – you know, big body receivers can catch touchdowns and win contested catches. But how well will they work, you know, in between the 20s? And we really saw him emerge in that area, making a lot of yards after the catch and – just outrunning guys, which is impressive to see from your six foot four wide receiver. So even though we won't see Tredavious White and Vontae Davis, I'm still curious to see how, you know, the likes of a Phyllis Gaines, a Philip Gaines or a Teron Johnson, and even like Levi Wallace, the undrafted free agent from Alabama, he was a guy that I liked in this. They draft. love him. He's going to make this roster. Is he? What, what's, yeah. what, who else has been standing out there at the cornerback position? So it will be interesting. They won't obviously won't play Trey White. I wouldn't be shocked. Here, here's here's a nugget. I wouldn't be shocked that if one of the defensive starters to play is Vontae Davis, um, he's a guy that they want to get some more work in coming off of that injury. They gave him a decent contract in February on a one year deal um, after he was cut. But I think they want to get him some more work. And I would be I would wouldn't be shocked to see him be able to play against some of your better backups like Javon Wims. So you might get to see that matchup. Not totally sure about that but you're not obviously not going to see Hayden Poyer uh, one of the best safety combos and and really played played super well um, you can't overthrow that ball at all or they'll be there to pick that off that's actually probably how the Bills a lot of how the Bills made the playoffs last year is a play of these D-backs uh, solely I mean the, the three main high Poyer and White those guys willed them into the playoffs and really shut down some good passing offenses um, at times but you're going to see Taron Johnson a guy they really like probably won the, the, the nickel cornerback job so I'm not sure if they're going to play him on the boundary. You'll probably still see him in the nickel as he's going to be their day one nickel corner. Um, but Philip Gaines is a guy that they're getting a lot of work to. So NFL caliber guy, fourth corner guy that's had up and down career in Kansas City. I, I, I would anticipate seeing him against your, your receivers. Um, and maybe he'll get most of the action against a guy like Wims. So that, that, that could be a cool battle to kind of focus on. But Levi Wallace is a camp darling, a walk-on at Alabama. He's done everything right, probably been the best backup cornerback on this roster um, and they're going to keep as their fifth corner guy that they'll probably have been active on game days obviously but guy they'd like to further develop not exposed to waivers not allow him to choose his practice squad or any of that kind of stuff he'll be the fifth corner on this team and and just to mention too with with whims as much as he is the the six foot four big body receiver 
they've been playing him a lot in the slot. Oh, nice. Okay. Better matchups against smaller corners and not allow him to get pressed at the line of scrimmage. So yeah, Wims versus Teron Johnson. That's a good battle. That's going to be a really cool battle to watch. I mean, it's a guy the Bills really like too at the fourth round pick that they designated as a sole specific uh, nickel corner. Like to see him get some work against a guy like that. Um, a bigger guy that he's going to see, like, because the Bills are playing Kelvin Benjamin in the slot at times if they're going through receivers. So um, I, I think he needs to get used to playing some bigger, um, able-bodied receivers, and, and I think that'll be a really cool battle to kind of focus in on would be that corner, backup corner, backup receiver spot for you guys. Um, that's interesting. I mean, so getting into your offensive line, I know you talked about it briefly. Is there a specific hole? Is there – I mean, what's kind of what's what's happening there on, on a and a Bobby Massey's kind of been a guy Bills fans have loved because he made Jerry Hughes' career at one point. I think he had <laughs> four or five sacks against Hughes in one game, um, but that was a couple years back. Is he a guy you're comfortable with at right tackle? Like, what's what's kind of happening there? You know, with, with along. I mean, I really like Kyle Long and Cody White here, but what's beside those two? What's kind of going on? So, you know, in this game, we're not going to see any of those five starters, but okay. Bobby Messi is still a below average starting right tackle in the NFL. And in the starting lineup, he is the weak link. They're still trying to figure out who's going to start at left guard. That They, they continue to embrace Cody Whitehair as their starting center. And then they drafted a center in the second round this year, James Daniels out of Iowa. And initially they had been playing him at center all preseason because Peronis Grasso their previous backup center who used to was a former third round pick out of Oregon. He, he was hurt. So they were playing Daniels back at center. Now Grassu is back. So then Daniels is back at left guard and he's competing with Eric Cush for the starting left guard mm-hmm. spot. It's been Cush with the ones pretty much all of the preseason. And you get the feeling that they, they want their rookie second round pick to eventually get that spot, but it just hasn't quite happened yet. So you'll probably see Cush start and be the only real quote-unquote offensive starter in this preseason game and you know they'll probably be pretty weak at the left tackle spot because their normal backup Bradley Soul is of formerly the Seattle Seahawks he's been pretty poor throughout his whole career and he got hurt last week against the the Chiefs so then Matt McCants who they signed off the street he'll probably be playing all the whole game at left tackle and really probably the weak link there with with Cush there and then James Daniels may start at center. Hronis Grasso may start at center. We'll see exactly how they want to pick that up. Will Precheck will play right guard, uh, another kind of street free agent guy that doesn't really move the needle a ton for you. And then the right tackle, Rashad Coward, played defensive line last year and through his entire college career at Old Dominion. But this offseason, they moved him to right tackle, and he's played pretty well for a guy that is learning the position probably six months is how long he's been playing it. The weakness is definitely at left tackle. And like I said, the weakness has been run blocking across the board. Stronger, stout interior defensive linemen. Bears haven't been able to get a push. And I think we'll see them get fairly pass happy once again. Okay, interesting. That'd be be a cool note to uh, watch uh, Coward for all Bills fans out there to watch that converted defensive lineman uh, probably be your starting right tackle for this game. So um, will he make the roster? probably not. And that, that's where I was going to go next that the bears are, are trying, they're kind of stuck between, you know, the seven, eight and nine, how many linemen they want to keep. They've got a lot of guys that can play multiple positions. So I, I think coward will be released and, and he'll be on the street. Uh, Albert Breer of the MMQB reported on Monday. And I was going to, I was going to say this for the third segment, but uh, the bears have been shopping Ronis Grasso, the backup center. And they just released Earl Watford, the yes. former Cardinals guard, who actually just signed with the the Browns. So I guess oh boy. he's off the market. But the, the Bears are clearly uh, 
looking to move on from some of their offensive line depth. So I, I would think Bills fans, if, especially if you're, you're hurting on that interior, that's where I'd be looking in this game. Okay, great. And, uh, you know, kind of before we kind of wrap up the show with that segment, another, another thing to walk out for is a fantasy football locked on. I mean, it's, it's here now locked on is a brand new fantasy show for locked on fantasy football, 24 seven, and that's fantasy football, 24 seven. It will give you the latest trends or hot roster moves, kind of the stuff we're talking about here uh, with who's going to get caught, who's going to start, who might be a fantasy star. Um, and that's what the advantage of Ethan Tuner, the injury expert, gives you that edge. So Lockdown Fantasy Football 24-7 is here to help you win that league that you've been trying to win for years. So uh, make sure you check out that show. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. The last, last kind of thing I want to talk about here real briefly is cuts and potential trades, and we got into one there. Um, can he, so we'll, we'll kind of just pick that up where we left off. Will Grasso be able to play any interior spot? Is he a center only? And what's your projected return for a player like him? Oh, he's going to be for sure. Uh, conditional seventh round pick okay. type guy. I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to get anything for him. He has only played center during his college career or during his NFL and college career. Again, playing back at Oregon, the Bears hired his college head coach, Mark Helfrich, as their offensive coordinator. So if there's one team that, that would stick with Ronis Grisou and, and you know, want to develop him out for the long term, it's, it's the Chicago Bears. So you know, he's, he's a little bit undersized, 6'3", under 200 pounds, and he struggled with uh, you know, staying, uh, I guess, up to strength with the rest of the NFL and being able to anchor against stronger NFL, not, not both pass rushing and in run defense. Just not a guy that seems to have enough weight in the pants to really get a lot of movement from that center position. He moves well athletically and can run a lot of zone and, and you know, kind of keep up with the faster rushers and run defenders, but strength has been a real issue for him. Staying healthy has been a real issue for him. Now he's 27. He's no longer this, this young center prospect. He, it, it seems like his, you know, as a third-round pick, he's, he's kind of getting more, into, more and more into that bust territory that – Probably, I mean, I, maybe I'm not doing a good job of selling him to Bill, to Bills fans, but I wouldn't have expectations too high. You know, we'll we'll pre-check the right guard is someone to keep an eye on because of all of the offensive linemen this preseason. He's he's been pretty consistent, or the most consistent at run blocking and holding up fine in pass protection. He can move some people. He's probably not going to make the 53, but he's been. He's been the one that I, I would say keep an eye on for a, a potential free agent up front. Free agent wide for wide guy. What what about uh, what about on in Buffalo? I mean, even not even necessarily limited to the the, the defense or the offense here. Just across the roster, who, who's the best player on the Bills that won't make the fifty three? That is a there's a couple of answers to that. Um, as long as so start starting offensively, the Bills do have some good backup receivers. Not necessarily, you know, what's what's crazy is they're not number ones or twos, but guys that should be on rosters. Brandon Riley's a guy that if gets cut, he's been just a camp darling for a, a full over a year now from last offseason. Uh, a guy that they developed and big-bodied type of, you know, Chris Hogan type of receiver uh, with a bigger body. Um, so he's a guy that I would watch out for on the waiver wire um, if a team's looking for a fifth receiver. 
Um, the Bills probably have a couple of really good fifth receivers, not quite the ones through four you're looking for, but the Bills do carry maybe three or four fifth receivers on their roster after, especially after trading for Corey Coleman. Malachi Dupree's been a guy that, you know, was drafted by the Packers. Um, he's been good. He was starting earlier in the year, kind of lost that job when, when you saw a really strong Calvin Benjamin back, Andre Holmes, they really like Jeremy Curley kind of won that slot job. Zay Jones is back trade for Corey Coleman so that's there, there's a couple of receivers if a team's out there looking for a fifth fourth fifth option guy that they can develop there's there's two good names there to watch in the tight end position in Buffalo been very interesting Charles Clay leads the pack uh Nick O'Leary's a guy that's on the trade block definitely guy that they showed flashes at times uh can block doesn't wear gloves he's the son or the grandson of Jack Nicholas the golfer um so Gets a lot of like a lot of pub here in Buffalo, but definitely a guy I could see on the trade block. And he's currently their second tight end, but Logan Thomas, the converted quarterback, has been just figured that how to make that transition. He's been pretty good um, and, and he's been making a lot of catches in preseason, as long as their undrafted free agent from last year, Jason Kroom, another really strong tight end that if any of these guys don't make the roster, they're, they're definitely going to be a team's second or third tight end. Um, and a guy that they claim from Detroit and Kyrie Lee. A former bear. Yeah, former former bear, so, former uh, former lion. So he's been really good in preseason. Can block. I mean, their best blocker, hands down. He's a definitely a number two tight end in terms of blocking. Has a really good preseason. Um, that that tight end position is probably Buffalo's one of their strength, major strengths. So and I think one of those guys I just mentioned will be on another roster. Um, and you may recall from Hard Knocks, Kari Lee also has a great uh, Bill O'Brien impression. That's a key part of his scouting report. No, really. <laughs> yeah, there, I don't recall that specifically. At a team meeting of, of Bill uh-huh. O'Brien. I'll have to check that out. It was really good. Uh, I, I'd be remiss if I don't ask you about Shaq Lawson. You know, the, the trade rumors, I'm sure you've talked about it on Locked On Bills a fair amount. Uh, is, is he going to go anywhere? And if, if he is, what's the price for a former first-round pick at a pass-rushing position? It's a big area of need for the Bears. I know he's not uh, – when you when you're trading for a first round pick at a at a market or a lower price, you're not getting anything you're too happy with. But it, how much untapped potential is there with him? What's what's the story for Bears fans that might not know? A lot. I mean, there's a lot of untapped potential. He's better in the three four, which could work out. Uh, he's drafted by Rex Ryan. Uh, runs a pretty similar scheme to what you were talking about in that three three five. Uh, he's a guy that was going to be developed to kind of be more of a five technique type of player. Um, now he's in more of a 4-3 role, which everyone said would be a better transition, but now all I've seen him do is play better run defense. He's actually a really good run defender. Um, he's probably been his biggest strength, and he has a lot of value at that. So that's why I can't see the Bills, just because his pass rush has been down, uh, has, has had some NFL sacks. So that, that should be of note. He isn't a complete failure at this point, like, say, a, a Corey Coleman, who the Bills traded for. It might be difficult. The Bills might be looking for, like, a third-round pick for him. Um, they got a fourth for Reggie Ragland, and – from Kansas city who shows to be pretty good. And that's kind of what their worry is that they're going to take another fifth, fifth, fourth or fifth. And he ends up being a pretty good starting level player. He said six NFL sacks. He had four last year. Uh, you starting to play really well. He'd be a good player on the bears. Definitely. I, I mean, I wouldn't say, Oh, you're just getting Corey Coleman or a guy like that. You're trading a conditional seventh for he's a guy who would come in and start. And I would be fully confident. And if you're trading say a third or fourth round pick for, I'd be happy if I was a Bears fan and, and, and that, that came through the waiver or the trade wire. Um, he's a team, the, the Bills t- still do have a lot of value because Trent Murphy, similar to the Bears, have in uh, Aaron Lynch, a guy that hasn't played all preseason. Trent Murphy's a guy that the Bills took from Washington, gave a lot of money to, expected to be an every-down player. 
that would up the value of Shaq Lawson if he's unable to go. He's there's a little bit of our depth to be ruined. They love Eddie Yarbrough on the other side backing up Jerry Hughes. So I could definitely see a Shaq Lawson trade. Um, and maybe maybe it's a player for player trade on his more on his level. So maybe if the Bears had someone at one of the positions that you know they felt was a similar uh, type of story. I could definitely see that getting done too. You want so. Kevin White? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you could sell Bills fan. That's that's probably a similar similar comparison with talent wise at least. Um, Bills fans would probably take a productive or excuse me a talented receiver at this point. Um, that's they, a, a little bit of a stretch talent. describing Kevin White. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. What's going to happen with Kevin? He he's probably going to make the 53 man roster even though okay. he doesn't necessarily deserve it that I don't, I don't think he's one of the six best wide receivers on this team still as raw as he was when he came out of West Virginia three years ago and to me looks a little bit less explosive than he was coming out of college and he, he, he made his first career Bears touchdown last week against the Chiefs I saw nice, that, yeah. that nice double move on Orlando Scandrick. Good trade value <laughs> yeah but that's the one play all preseason really that we've seen Kevin White make, and I'm, I'm not confident in him uh, producing anything at this point. Yeah, and because he is probably still carrying that first-round pick salary too, right? Probably oh, $3 yeah. million around. Uh, I think it's five or six. It's up there. Is it really? It's yeah, the last year of his four, the four years fully guaranteed. Oh, it's because it's signing bonus. Yeah, he's carrying a 5.2 cap hit. So um, that's, that's hefty, right? So it's, it's rough, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a rough, rough deal. Really action-packed show, man. Really appreciate you coming on, kind of helping our Bills fans realize what they might be watching. Bears definitely approach preseason interesting, so it was really good to hear uh, your input. The Bills kind of approach it differently. They approach it the polar opposite. These guys are getting full work in. I mean, Kyle Williams got hurt in one of these games, which is to the Bears' credit, which they didn't want to happen. Um, uh, other than that, the Bills have actually been relatively healthy. We'll kind of end there. Is there any injuries that – any key injuries on, on the Bears right now? Just uh, the, the – I guess it doesn't sound key when I say it, but their number three tight end, Adam Shaheen, uh, okay. had, had a, a lower foot slash ankle sprain that was pretty severe a couple weeks ago against the Broncos, if, if I remember right. He might be their number three tight end, but it's going to be a very tight end heavy offense. He was their second round pick last year out of Division Two Ashland. They really see big things coming from him this year. Should be back by the time the Bears and Bills play in the regular season. And, and think of him as maybe in this, you know, what Trey Burton was for the Eagles last year and sort of that number three role that plays a lot in the red zone, catches a lot of touchdowns, and is just efficient. I think that's what we, we have in store for Shaheen when he's healthy and back out there. Okay. So obviously you probably – obviously wouldn't probably play for you guys anyway. Maybe he would. He's your third tight end. Um, but Trey Burton, well, and I want to end on him. How's he been looking? He's a guy that I've targeted in fantasy, but is he going to have a big, big role in the offense? I, I think so. He was one okay. of Trubisky's favorite targets when they've both been on the field together. Uh, versatile, moves around the offense, plays a lot of slot receivers, some wing, and uh, this is going to be an offense. You know, Trey Burton and, and Tariq Cohen really going to be nice. big contributors. The, the question, it starts to make you question, is, you know, how much is Allen Robinson going to be involved in? And Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller, they have so many weapons right now that everyone wants to see the ball get to, and you can only throw it to one guy at a time. So I, I'm expecting a lot of Trey Burton in that middle-of-the-field attack with, you know, with him and Tariq Cohen going to be playing some wide receiver instead of running back and a lot of misdirection and moving guys around. And Conan Burton and Taylor Gabriel are the three that are best at moving guys around and, and getting those uh, favorable matchups. So, and then Anthony Miller. I mean, that's, that's what's so exciting for a lot of Bears fans this year. Definitely. 
you know, you got a couple different tight ends, a couple different running backs and three wide receivers that you want to see with the ball in their hands. None of them are particularly proven, which gives you a little bit of pause and can maybe both be the reason for optimism and maybe some reasons to, to carry it back that you don't know how great they can be. So you also don't know how bad they might be also. So it's going to be a fun bear season either way, you know, probably an eight and eight type year, but a, a lot more to be encouraged about moving forward. And I would anticipate the bills kind of following this model, taking similarly their quarterback uh, this year and, and, and starting to surround them with more options like the, the bears did with Miller and Burton signing Allen Robinson, a couple of other moves. So I would anticipate the bills really trying to look like that um, next year. So be cool the synergy between the two organizations as obviously they play in preseason, which means usually you play against front offices and or teams or coaching staffs that you like the bills play against Carolina, someone that they model every year after. So it's cool that the bears are on the schedule now, instead of the Lions, those, those, those lines games that we had fourth preseason for like 15 straight years. I'm telling you, they were awful. I, I can raise you one better. The bears played the Browns preseason oh, no. week four for I think eight or nine years in a row this is the first year it's different for them too so it's much appreciated so, from Bears fans everywhere there might be some and the Bills will play it like it matters so hopefully that you'll see some good football um, better than than fourth fourth preseason game football hopefully they'll, they'll put some pressure on some of those guys trying to make a roster to see if they can really actually uh, be good fits for you guys but really good show man really appreciate you hopefully the Bears can take down the Packers it's someone I'd, I'd like to see the Packers go down uh, it's always fun for me it's kind of like when everyone tells me like they want the Patriots to lose, um, doesn't happen often, but I, I, I always like to see a new team and, and hopefully the bears can rise and bills are in a similar built in a similar offensive mold, at least hopefully that showing that the bears can put together some solid wins. I would give hope to bills fans that, Hey, you can build around a, uh, you know, a first round quarterback like, like that. So, um, and, and the bears play the entire AFC East back to back to back to back on their schedule. I don't remember the order, but it's like Dolphins, Bills, Patriots, Jets for four weeks in a row. So you'll you'll know their impact on your division pretty quickly. Interesting, and we'll get a we'll get a definitely a regular season show where we can talk more starters uh, than for back sure. rather than backups and trade candidates. But hey, watch out for a Bills Bears trade. I, the Bills happen to trade with teams that they play against in preseason. If that means anything, um, they they played the Browns, made a trade with the Browns. They you know they played Panthers, made a trade with Kelvin Benjamin. So so watch out for something to happen. They, the Bills really do like to make trades with teams that they trust. And if they're playing the Bears in the preseason, might be some trust there. So check out that. And I think that's – we'll obviously cover anything that happens if that happened between the teams, even if it's minor, on Locked On Bills and Locked On Bears. But check us out in Locked On regular season, too. We're, we'll get into a lot of the key topics and, and starting issues. But from Locked On Bills and Locked On Bears, I'm Kevin Masseri, and that's Lauren Cox. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.